0: Y'all know where that is? That's just in front of Zechariah. All right. Zechariah. Not Zephaniah, but Zechariah. So we want to go to Haggai. <laughs> chapter 2. Chapter 2. Chapter two, verse 10 says this on the 24th day of the ninth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet saying, thus says the Lord of hosts. Now ask the priests concerning the law, saying, if one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and with the edge, uh, he touches bread or stew, wine or oil or any food. Will it become holy? Hmm. Then the priest answered and said, no. And Haggai said, if one who is unclean because of a dead body touches any of these, will it be unclean? So the priest answered and said, it shall be unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, so is this people. And so is the nation before me, says the Lord. And so is every work of their hands. And what they offer there is unclean. Wow. Can I do that again? He says, so is every work of their hands. And what they offer there is unclean. And then he goes on to say this. He says, and now carefully consider this from the, this day forward. And what days is he talking about? We'll tell you in a minute. From before stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the Lord, since those days when one came to a heap of 20 Ephes, there were but 10. And when one came to the wine vat and draw out 50 baths from the press, there was but 20. I struck you with blight and mildew and hail in all the labors of your hand. And yet, and yet you do not turn to me says the Lord. Consider now from this day forward From the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Is the seed still in the barn? As yet the vine, the fig fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not yielded fruit. But from this day I will bless you. Scared you, didn't it? (laughs) All's well that ends well. So what we want to talk about this morning is this moving from lack to blessing. Moving from lack to blessing. Moving from not having enough to having more than enough. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We give you all the glory for this day. God, this is a day that you've made and we've chose to rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for every blessing that you've set aside in eternity to bring forth today so that your people would be here to receive it. So we thank you for their faithfulness. We thank you, God, for our healing, for our deliverance. We thank you for the soon return of your son, Jesus. We thank you now, God, for every man and woman that's breaking the bread of life around the world. We pray that you would add a blessing to their words in Jesus' name, amen, and you can be seated. Now, last week, uh, and you're trying to figure out how we're gonna get from one place to the other, I know. Last week, we talked to you about uh, faithfulness. And we said that he who is faithful in little things hmm, will also be faithful in big things. But he who is unfaithful in little things will also be unfaithful. And then we talked about unrighteous mammon, which is the least of things. Money is the least of things. Money is... Say, money is a matter of of how we see it, right? All right, let me see if I get a piece of money. I'm in the change pocket. (laughs) There's a penny. And when we see that penny, it's very clear. But here's something about the penny. When we hold that penny out like that, not only do we see the penny, but well, we see everything around it. We can see the money and the folks. And if we see the penny as being a part of the resources available to us, it's a very small thing. Now take the same penny and put it here. And when you put it close like that, when you hold it tight, when you start to covet it, the only thing you see is the penny. And everybody else fades into the background. Are y'all with me? That's a good lesson right there. That's an amen, hallelujah. Amen. What am I doing here? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? We need to understand that if we're faithful in, in something that is the least a penny, then we'll learn how to be faithful. Now, see, if you quote that scripture, you better understand what it says. It says that he who endures until somebody talks about me. (laughs) Hmm? It's he who endures until uh, I don't like you no more. Mm-hmm. It's he who endures until I get to the place that uh, I'm smarter than you? Okay. Is he who endures until God, watch this, promotes me to a higher calling? That's scary, ain't it? Hmm. And somebody says, well, what are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say the Bible says that he who endures till the end. Now, now, there's work that you assign. And we talk to you about predestination. We talk to you about what God, you know, there's no higher calling in what you have. Amen. You might get a different position. Amen. yep, But you have you. Amen. You don't have a higher calling than this. Amen. All right. And then in Revelation chapter two. And uh, verse twenty-six, I believe it is. I'm not sure, but you all got your Bibles, and I got my hands. But in uh, uh, Revelation, there it is. The Bible says, "And he who overcomes, and watch this last part, and does what? Wait a minute. Hold on. So you mean to tell me that if I get mad with you, I can take my works over to?" First Baptist. No, no. Is that is that what we believe? Is that honestly what we believe? We can take our work someplace else because God ain't got enough sense to know. That if he assigned you to do a work here in his church, that this is the only place you're going to do the work. So I say, well, everybody got a church. No, no, no. He got people for that church, too. But well, the Bible doesn't say that. It says that he endures, uh, overcomes rather, and keeps my works until. In other words, whatever God has called you to do, he has assigned you to do it and he gave you a place to do it. Uh-oh. Now, now, you know what? That's so simple. And most people don't get it. And that's why you see people, uh, you know, we were talking to the men the other day. And we talked about ghosts. They always jump in the fence. I'll tell you about that this afternoon. They jump in the fence. They can't stay. If somebody says or does something that offends them, they leave. Now, when you leave, you left the work. You don't carry it with you. This ain't the lesson. But since you got me out here, I might as well just play with it just a minute. This is what makes it long. (laughs) But what he's saying is that you can't just leave because your works don't go with you. The only place your works follow you is in the heaven. (laughs) So what you're saying, oh, my God, I might want to get out of this. Sister Maxwell, I'm just going to pick on you for a minute because I know you can handle it. Not. (laughs) (laughs) Look at her, she's taking a deep breath. Deacon Wallace. (laughs) We know that if you were called to to sing and praise and worship, that's your gift. And he says, uh, uh, I've assigned you to work with uh, Minister Cohen and, 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 and all these fine people on the praise team. And then all of a sudden you hear your voice and you begin to sound like an angel. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And that's what he said. I don't need them. So he takes his talent that God gave him for this house goes somewhere else with it and thinks he's doing the work of the Lord. And why do we think it's the work of the Lord? Because the Lord gave him the gift, but he also gave him a place to exercise a gift. And don't be saying, well, a man's gift will make room for him. Now, you better go read the scripture. When the Bible says the man's gift will make room for him, it means that your money, your bribe will make room for you. Go read the scripture now. I didn't make it up. I'm just telling you. That's how you make room for yourself. Now, if you want to know if that's true or not, then go to some church that just started and tell the pastor, I'm going to give you $100,000, but I want to be a deacon. What you think you're going to be tomorrow? (laughs) Now, I can't say back to the lesson because I ain't got there yet, (laughs) but you kind of understand what I'm saying. Faithfulness is what we're talking about. Amen. Amen. But let me move on. Good gracious. I can talk too much on that. Mm, mm, mm. Well, here's here's the intro. I'm going to read it. So I. I it says there are times when it seems that all we're doing and all that we know is not enough. We work, we serve, we give, but things seem to be working against us. Y'all know how that feels? So the Bible says that the lesson today teaches us that uh, 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 that not only we can get some insight on this problem, but we can also find a solution to the problem, because sometimes what we're doing is not nearly as important as to why we're doing it. See, our motivation for doing it is more important than what we do. That's why when I tell people all the time, especially when it comes to music, Bible says, make a joyful noise. Everybody can sing in the choir. Look at y'all. No. We don't, we don't care what you sound like as long as you're making a joyful noise. Now, I don't say that for praise and worship. I don't say that for first fruit. <laughs> but everybody, it, seriously, you know, and, and, and we like to sing along, don't we? Huh? And if the audience, if the audience all participated, y'all would be louder than the choir, wouldn't you? Okay, I just you know sometimes it's right there. You got to see it. (laughs) Don't take much to sing louder. (laughs) That that's a joke, everybody. (laughs) But the Bible says that uh, sometimes also, and, and this is important, and this is what the key to the lesson is. It's not so much what you do, how you do it, or even why you do it. Sometimes it's who you do it with. Y'all still here? Uh, uh, Sometimes it's the company you keep, amen? So God has a purpose and he has a plan and you can't achieve his purpose outside his plan. Let me say that one more time. You cannot achieve his purpose outside of his plan. God wants you to do something. He has a direction to move you in so you can get to the thing he wants you to do. And you can't get to the thing without going through the steps because if you are not going through the steps, you will not be fully formed or as I like to say, fully informed. And you won't know what to to do when you run into an obstacle, amen? Amen? Amen. So the Bible says that the prophet told, was told to ask two questions. <clears throat> and bear, let me simplify the questions for you. If you have something that is unclean and it touches something clean, will it make the clean thing, uh, the unclean thing, clean? And the answer is no. You can't take something that is, you, you can't put dirt on clean and make clean, uh, make dirt, make unclean clean. <laughs> And he says, if you do this, if you do this, if you take a a thing that is supposedly clean and then you uh, uh, mix it with something that's unclean, then not only do you defile the thing that's clean, but it also defiles the work of your hands. Now, he said all that. So what he's saying is, if I am a member of Dayspring, I can use the only church I know. And uh, 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 I'm, 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 I'm an usher. I can talk about them because they, they had to come a little ways to get to me. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but if I'm an usher, I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to do. Uh, I, I show up on time. I stand at my post. You know, I do all my ushering duties, whatever that is. I'm good at that. But, uh, I have a little problem with my money. I give, but I have issues. Oh, y'all look. I give, but I, I, I don't give what I should because, you know, I got, I got life. <clears throat> huh? So I realize I don't have the money I need to give, so I'm gonna work a little harder. At what I'm doing so here's what he here, can, can I give you the, the lesson in a nutshell here's what he says he says now you have to go back to Haggai chapter 1 and 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 you have to remember that the reason that God is talking to the people is because God bought them out of exile he delivered them and he said now listen I bought you out so you can build my house all right so so what he's saying is now The moment you get free, start working on my stuff. Now they started working, but here's what happened. They decided that they'll work a little bit on the Lord's stuff because they got to fix their stuff. Mm -hmm. So I can't give God 100% of my attention because I got stuff of my own. Amen. That needs my attention. Uh, y'all with me? Yeah. So he's saying to the people, he says, listen, and I am I got, because they made me do this fast. <laughs> so you miss a lot of good stories here. And a lot. <laughs> but he says this, he says, uh, if you take away from my house to fix your house, then everything you do is under a curse. Now, wait, hold on. And what is under me? But wait, there's more. <laughs> Understand something. The people did not know that they were under a curse. Y'all look, how can you, how, how can you be under a curse and not know you're under a curse? Well, I'm going to tell you in just a minute. But the first thing I want you to understand is that the way that we get corrupted is when we change our understanding of what God has called us to do. God has given you a specific assignment and your assignment has nothing to do with anybody else. Wait, hold on now. But Pastor, I have to work with people. yes. Yes. But I can't make them do anything. Oh no! Wait now. I don't think they heard me. I can't make folk do nothing. I'm I'm doing all this uh, uh, urbanization so you can get it. (laughs) If Brad Jones does not show up for church, they ain't got nothing to do with me. Church still got to go on. So we can't say, well, well, Pastor, we waiting for somebody to pray because Brother Jones ain't here, and, and we don't know what to do. Amen. No, no, no. Well, 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 Minister Cohen and Sister Eva didn't show up today, so what are we supposed to do? Uh, we, we don't know how to sing without music. Yeah, that's good, ain't it? You know, you see. <laughs> see, y'all you make it, too, you make it too easy. But the fact is, church must go on. Amen. The work of the Lord must continue. But what happens is that people's uh, 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 understanding of what they're supposed to be doing gets tainted. And how does it get to be tainted? Well, here's the first thing. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians. It says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Y'all see that? Evil company corrupts. Now, pastor, what's that got to do with me? Well, you, you, you know what the Lord has called you to do. Amen. Your first assignment as a saved person, your first call in Christ is to serve. Amen. Amen. I don't need to know what the specifics of my assignment is. I just know I need to serve. Yeah. Now, if I need to know specifically, the Bible teaches me that I have a Job description already in the Bible because I'm saved, I'm called to serve. And then he says, now here's the specifics of that assignment. He says, whatever your hands find to do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. But then then you got some friends that say, you don't take all that. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And I ain't calling your friends wrong. OK, so don't be going home. <laughs> telling folk how pastor talked about how uh, uh, it don't take all that. No, it, it don't take all that, you know, for them. Amen. But listen to me very carefully. Listen to me. How is it that God can call? Two people to Christ and their primary assignment is to serve. And yet one says, I don't have to do all that and I'm still saved. So somebody has got to be wrong. Okay. Now, the person who says it don't take all that needs to find some scripture that says it don't take all that. So that person, listen now, that person has to always read scripture vicariously. That's just a fancy word. That simply means every time I read the Bible, it's talking about them. Everything in the Bible is about them. So, no, it don't, don't take all that for you because you've already defined what it takes for them. Are you understanding this? Now, that's a long way to make a point. But here's what here's what the Lord said to guy, I bought him out of bondage. I said <laughs> it right here is where I always get in trouble with my wife. I tell the same thing. You just got one job. Just one thing. You ain't got no whole lot of work to do. You just got one job. Just, just, just one job. One assignment is simple. Huh? Your your life ain't complicated. Huh? Now, y'all are laughing. I've taught y'all on Tuesday, right? He's on my right. Help me, brother. (laughs) What's wrong with y'all? Am I telling the truth? First Corinthians chapter seven, the Bible says, if you are single, that your job is to find out how you can please the Lord. If you are married, you have one assignment. Find out what pleases your spouse. Amen. Amen. Now this right here, hold on, hold on. This, this is where bad come to corrupts because everybody in the room has an idea of what that really means. No, it means exactly what it says. You trying to say, pastor, that if I'm married, then my husband or my wife is more important than the Lord? Yes, because you have the Lord in you. You are his servant. Yes, the most important thing in your life, child of God, is your spouse. I just can't believe you said that. That's why. Uh, See <laughs> so y'all messing with me. So the Bible says, God told his people, say, you only had one job, build my house. That's all. He didn't ask them to offer anymore, to work anymore, to serve anymore. He just said, Mm-hmm. Remember when the prophet made, uh, met the old lady and she talked about how she was going to make some food and her and the boy were going to die? What did the prophet say? I mean, it, this, this is like, it's like a mystery every time people hear. You want me to put you ahead of me. Every day all day okay okay all right I, I, i'm sorry so here's what he says here's what he says he says keeping company with those who are not walking in obedience to the word will cause you to disobey in other words if they don't see the necessity for building this temple because they got other stuff they need to pay attention to then you will begin to think well i don't see why he ain't working no, no work i got to work him Y'all know what I'm saying. He says, you will never be good enough to change a bad person. What? You will never be good enough to change a bad person. You want to know what that is? Well, because John chapter 12 says this in verse 32. Here's what he says very carefully. He says, and if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw what? To me, to me. That's what he said. You can't draw folks to you because you don't have the power to save them. So you can't change them. You can give them an example and they can change on their own, but you can't change people. You will never be good enough to make a bad person good. Now somebody that just got some relief right there because because you just figured out, I can't make him or her do anything. And I've been telling y'all that for a hundred years. You can't make folk do anything, Uh, huh? So what you do is you have to do what you know is right because when it comes time to go to heaven, it ain't about them. Mm, mm, mm. Are you still with me? So what we do is the Bible says we cause Christ to to be seen in us and people change based on what they see. Amen? So the Bible says this. Uh, I gotta move a little faster. My God, my God. So uh, uh, what Haggai is saying is that that which is holy imparts no holiness to anything else. Did you get that? In other words, if you you take a holy thing and you put it with an unholy thing, it doesn't make the unholy thing holy. Huh? But the person who is defiled transfers defilement. If you hang around people that have stinking thinking, you will begin to think like them. Eventually, you'll find yourself saying, well, I've been in uh, church every Sunday this year. And I, the holidays, I can take a day off. Because somebody has told you, don't take all that. They've been telling you for six months, don't, you don't do all that. Hmm? See, we need to learn to say, if you want to take a day off, you take the day off. Don't be bothering me. That's what you need to learn, to say. Go on, take as many days off as you want. Cause in the final analysis, it apparently seemed that you ain't going where I'm going anyway. So you go on. Oh, okay, I don't see that. All right. Now there's a couple of scripts I would give you. First Samuel uh, 15. Y'all know what it says. I don't need to tell you again. In First Samuel 15, he says that that. Uh, uh, you know, the, the sacrifice, I mean, obedience is better than sacrifice. Hosea 6 and 6 says this, for I desire mercy and not sacrifice. In other words, I want you to do what I ask you to do and do it the way I ask you to do it. And he says, uh, I want you to have more knowledge of God than, than than you do about offering. And see, this is what, now somebody say, well, you getting ready to talk about money? Yeah, I'm getting ready to. I, I'm getting ready to. But be, be cool. I ain't got but 12 minutes, so I can't talk much about it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> now, now here's, what he, here's what he goes on to say. He says this. He says, this disobedience had affected every area of their life by focusing on themselves instead of God. They restricted the blessings of God. They restricted the blessings of God. Look at verse 14. It says, and Haggai answered and said, so is this people and so is this nation. So he's talking about everybody, right? He says, and so is every work of their hands. So he said, the little stuff that you're doing won't amount to nothing because you ain't doing what I asked you to do. Can I say that one more time? The little, the little stuff you're doing ain't gonna amount to nothing because you ain't doing what I asked you to do. So now going back to the ushers and all that serving, but they ain't paying what they need to pay. And I shouldn't say paying, giving. Saying all that ushering you're doing ain't worth two cents. As a matter of fact, now, hey, hold on now. This, this is going to get ugly now. Now I might need some help here, security. Now watch this. If you are disobedient in what God has called you to do, especially in the area of your resources, not necessarily money, but ushers, you shouldn't be working out. Because you impede the anointing that's here to heal and deliver because you are out of place. So a person standing here being ministered to and the Lord moves on them and the spirit of the Lord is all over them and they fall back and you touch them and it all goes away because you are unclean. Because you touch an unclean thing. You hear what I just said? Now, I told y'all, gonna be, it's going to be a little tough. Well, I hope you're still laughing. Amen. Yes. Are you following me? Amen. Well, Pastor, you ain't got no right to be talking about money on Sunday morning. I'm not. He is. <laughs> I, I, I'm, just, I'm just a messenger. Amen. And please don't shoot the messenger. Amen. Amen. So the people uh, find themselves at a crossroads, the Bible says, uh, uh, and he says this. He says, uh, this is where most people are today. They must make a choice. And that's what I'm saying to you this morning. You have to make a choice. The choice is, do I keep on sinning huh, by looking out for me first or do I repent and I start to do what God has called me to do? Now, I got good news and bad news. Now, the good news, the good news is we can fix this. The bad news is most people won't. Now, remember I said that people don't know that they're under a curse. If you used to being broke, it ain't a curse. No, no. Listen. I hate to use this analogy, but I'm going to tell you, if you're ugly and you know you're ugly, then every time you look in the mirror, you know you're ugly. So you get used to being ugly. (laughs) So you don't do anything to beautify yourself because you're comfortable with your ugly. I'm not talking about your physical appearance. I, I know. I, but I'm talking about what you see. Do you understand this? And so many people are used to not having enough money to make it through the month. So they say, well, that's just the way it is. Hmm? People used to being sick with no healing. They say, well, that's just the way it is. After all, I'm suffering for righteous sake. Huh? People are comfortable having their prayers unanswered. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. That's not true. God wants you to have everything and he wants you to have it abundantly, but he won't do anything until you do what he asked you to do. Now, I don't have time to go to chapter one, but if you go to chapter one and read it, it's a short chapter and it will tell you that God said he needed you to build the, the temple. And then the Bible will tell you on the lesson today, let me find the verse. Verse 19 is the verse. I don't even have to go to it. He said this day. Is that what it says there? On the day. Watch this now. I got seven minutes. Uh, On the day. On the day. On the day that you began to lay the foundation. Now here's what I want you to see. Haggai says that on the day that you repent and do what God has called you to do. He said in verse 19, I will do what? Oh, wait wait, wait a minute. Here's what God said. Now write this in your notes because you remember this. He said, the day that you repent and begin to do what's right, I'm gonna bless you on credit. You see that? I'm gonna bless you on credit. I know you ain't done everything, But you did the first work. You did the thing that I called you to do. Now he didn't say that I called you to do this, that, and the other, he said, build my house. And he said that if you do that, then I'll give you some more stuff. The moment that you repent, that you turn from your ways of looking out for you and start looking out for the house of God, he said, I will abundantly bless you. Now watch what he says. He says it right there. He says that the seed is still in the barn. Ain't nothing been sown. Ain't nothing grown, but I'm going to bless you anyhow. Y'all. So I'm going to let you look down the road and see what I'm going to do. The moment that you turn yourself around and start to do the right thing. Huh? All right. Five minutes. So you can come out of the three F's. Somebody trying to figure out what they are. I like having a little test. (laughs) See, there's something that we go through consistently in our lives when we're not doing what we're supposed to. The first one the Bible calls failure. Stuff just don't work. You know, we're used to having stuff that don't work. We have nothing to show for what we do. Here's what the Bible says. He says that you planted stuff. And the harvest didn't come in good. You went to get some some wine from the vat and it was only half full. Now, what he said to you is I already blew on it. Put holes in your pocket. He said, I sent a fungus on your crop. Huh? But you're comfortable because you like the idea of just having something. Well, I got three peaches off this tree. You know what I'm trying to say. It doesn't come in. crop failure, but you okay with that. The second F, <laughs> Frustration. I'm upset because things ain't going the way I thought they should go. And we're always upset because we think something is not going the way we think it should go. Isn't it is amazing? And what amazes me is that nobody ever asked God. Because we're comfortable with failure, so we get frustrated. Uh Mm. Am I talking to the right crowd? Because I think sometimes you take your frustrations out on other people. Hmm? (laughs) And see, 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 one of the things about being frustrated is that no matter what you do, you get no satisfaction from it. Amen. Amen. So why do we, why we keep doing the same thing? Now, this is for that crowd that says you, they don't have to be in church to do all, yin, 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 you know, that crowd. <clears throat> here's, what, here's what God says, Hey God says, he said, look at the temple the way it was. <laughs> in other words, he said, look at your situation. And then look at me. And, 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 and if your situation is better than mine, this is God talking. Then keep doing what you're doing. He said, he, he said the gold is mine, the silver is mine. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Now you, you got some cattle? How's your gold? How much silver you got? God, God, God said, look at you. And look at me. Not, not me, but God speaking. He said, look at you and look at me. And if you're doing better than me, keep doing what you're doing. One more. <laughs> it's futility. Futility. I produce stuff, but there's no value in it. So my tree got peaches, all three of them, and they're full of worms. (coughs) Hmm? As a matter of fact, the worm got all up in the kernel, so I didn't have no seed. Futility. You see this? Saints have gotten comfortable living beneath their privilege. You should have more, but you must do more. And even though I'm talking about sowing and reaping, I've not once said you need to give more. What I'm saying is that what you give needs to be given with the right attitude. If I do this with a clean heart, the Bible says, then I'll cleanse all the things that I touch. Oh, (laughs) y'all! He says, I will bless you. I'll bless you before anything else happens. If you just come back to me. Amen. 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 I got one minute left and I'm going to be very generous and give it back to you. Stand up on your feet. No, that wasn't the end.